On this episode, On this episode of Japan, Japan 2.0, gone to a restaurant or a store, or whatever I was going to, on time, and the person was, like looked at me through the window and、mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, you're really here." Hello and welcome to Japan 2.0. Yeah, your most irregular podcast about Japan and all things、uh, Japanese culture. You know, guys. I'm, I'm gonna go back and say we were regular for so long, and, and nobody wrote us and said we appreciate how regular you were. Right. So you know what? This is what happens. Until we hear <laughs> from a couple、uh, listeners who say, "Hey, we want you to come back bi-monthly again." Yeah, was it bi-month? How, how do we say twice a month? Twice a month. Twice a month. <laughs> Then we're not going to. Yeah,、uh, and we used to be on time. We used to always do it on on drop it on Friday, Saturday, weekend, or Sunday, weekend, like weekends. Yeah. yeah, we were really like、That's、on、right. top of the game. So, but you know what? <laughs> If you don't see what happens when you don't appreciate things. <laughs> Maybe appreciate and vocalize appreciation. Our fans are still with us. If you're listening to this right now, you are、uh, in my book. We appreciate you.、Uh, the real heads, Japan two point zero heads. That's right. We had someone write us recently to say sometimes the music we play is Korean. Did you see this one on Instagram? Korean. We have played Korean music、okay. in the past.、And、I didn't want to write them back, but I'm telling you now. It's even better. Shout out at the beginning of the podcast, which we rarely do. Yes, in case you don't know, Matt and I lived in Korea before Japan for three-ish years, four、yes. years. So sometimes we we love Korean culture. We'll throw it out there sometimes. I feel like we usually do say we're gonna play a Korean track, but it's been rare. We only did it. I so two times. I had a mixtape that I re-released on the Japan 2.0 feed. Maybe they found that, which、mm. was it was all Korean music.、Okay. So、um, if you go back to our early episodes, I think it's still on there.、Um, you can listen to.、Uh, Korean hip hop, you don't stop.、Yeah. That's the name of the、so、big disclaimer.、Yeah. Sometimes you might hear Korean music. You might. It's going to be very rare. Ninety-eight percent. Yeah, Japanese music. Yeah, I think we've been very consistent. I can't remember the last like Korean song. Did we、yeah. use anything that was?、Uh, one time I played a song that when I was in middle school I thought was a Japanese song. It was on Napster, labeled as Japanese rap music. Yeah, that generic term. And then I found out it was Korean, but I'm positive that I said before I played it, this is actually a Korean song. One time I played that, it was a great, great song. Anyhow, thank you for listening so closely. Because, yeah, because I mean that's deep. That that's was a deep, deep, deep cut. You're、yep. a hardcore listener. You are. We've not put out a music episode in a while, but I want to. I want We've been to talking a, about it. We have a Doki Doki Radio. It was a near miss, perhaps. Yeah, but anyway. Hey, man! It's still it's still early enough. That's right.、We're、although it's dark now, unnamed、so、park in、late. northern Osaka. I literally couldn't tell you. We're where, in where Ikeda. We're, Ikeda. Okay. Ikeda, Osaka. And we got off because we wanted to eat. I wanted to eat at a curry place. We were hungry, and we just saw we had a transfer station. We Google mapped it. I saw a really good looking curry place with cat paws printed on the boiled eggs、mm-hmm. at four point four. Which, in case you don't know, on Google Maps. 
anything above a oh, four is, is hard that's to get. Top. I would say your average you're looking at 3.5 on uh, Google Maps reviews. Japanese people are very hard on the reviews. Yes. So 4.4 is very, very good. So I got excited when I saw that. And even though it said they're open at 6 p.m., we waited around to about 6.20, and they were not open, which is nope. regular. We didn't even bat an eye because that happens so yeah. often in Japan. So, yeah, there, there's types of restaurants. So if you go to a chain, you're all right. You're, they're not going to close. They're probably 24 hours. De- definitely safe. Yeah. You're, you're, you're safe. If it says they're open, they're open. But with anything else, any other type of restaurant, it could be a fancy restaurant, it could be a sushi yeah. place, it could if be it's, a food restaurant. If it's a one-off local yes. place, they don't follow the hours. No. And I would often say they open late. So, like, if you're yeah. there right on time, you might have to wait 10, 15 minutes. There have been times I've gone to a restaurant or a store, whatever I was going to, on time, and the person like looked at me through the window and was like, oh, you're really here like for this time? Yeah. Like they couldn't believe that I was there. Like on, on right. I said, oh, on Google Maps, it says this time. And they ended up letting, sometimes they end up letting me inside. But uh, I don't know if it's out of embarrassment or if it's because, you know, some weird foreigners like <laughs> hanging out in front of their, their uh, building. But uh, yeah, it's always been a really interesting thing to see, like, the, the schedules, because... Because there are yeah. other places, and I would say probably it's more than the majority, that will open on the T right at, if it's 6, you know, if, if you have a clock out, and as soon as the clock hits 6, they open that door. Bakeries the, are that way. The majority of places, I will say, you know, that's the Japanese the, stereotype. Dinner places are very good about that. Like, if it, it's a place that opens, like, at a specific time, like, if they only open at, like, 6 o'clock... They're usually pretty good. Yeah. Not every place, though, because I've I've had some places like that that were not the case. Yeah. But before I lived here, and again, I think it's kind of stereotype. You think every place is going to be that way? I'd say you get about a third of places that just do whatever they want. And to me, I was kind of disappointed, you know, to see that. Matt knew right away when we got to this place. He's like, "Yeah, no, they're done." And I was like, "No, no, we gotta wait and see." But sadly, yeah. I made David walk around this uh, weird <laughs> neighborhood to see if we could find something else because I was like, well, by the time we get back, we'll get back in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's closed. We ended up eating at a, it ended up being a chain franchise, like Donkatsu restaurant. Matt got a like karage chicken mm. sauce. Yeah, it was kind of unique because it had like a chopped ginger and garlic on top. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah, I was impressed. And I got hidekatsu, which is like a filet style uh, pork cutlet uh very common in japan for me you know i don't know what's happened in the states i've not been there in a long time but i felt like when i left uh 10 years ago of course you got the sushi and you got ramen was just popping off 10 years ago in the midwest you know where i live i'm sure california and new york are are different but i feel like if there was going to be a third kind of japanese food that would really take off in the states to make it big it would be donkatsu what do you think What what would the third after sushi and after ramen, what's the third thing in the Western culture, hmm. Europe, Australia, U.S., what's the third thing that's going to make it big? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, my my thought would be yakiniku. Yakiniku. Hmm. Uh, because it's just so, like, we love barbecue in the States, right? Mm-hmm. So, um... I wonder if it's different enough, though, to, like, be, uh, ooh, this is worth paying uh, some high, high price for, or... The, the appeal about yakiniku, the big exotic thing, is like you do it yourself, right? Right. So you're at a restaurant and you're sitting there. I think Kore- Korean, kushikatsu maybe. I think I Korean mean. barbecue, which you know, arguably it's a contentious issue, but 
I think Korean barbecue has within the Korean food scene, in my opinion, yakiniku is Korean. Um, you know, mm. has taken off already, right? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been back. I, don't, <laughs> I, I haven't know. lived at home in think, like many years. I don't think years. in the Midwest people are doing uh, you know Korean barbecue, but maybe in California. So I think it's pretty. I mean, California has all Asian cuisine, right? And I, I, I used to live average, in like the Los Angeles neighbor, Asian neighborhood. So right. your average Midwesterner, you know, I'm thinking like the least kind of most common everyday person. I think they love tonkatsu. I really do. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know. It's not weird in any way for them. It's got you know the breading, the fried breading. It's pork. It's fatty. Well, they're not gonna like that cabbage salad and stuff on the side. But well, I've if it came thought, with more than one sauce, mm-hmm. I think people will go for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I always thought that that or curry, you know, a certain kind of curry could could make it big in the states. Like kima curry, but yeah, curry curry just has like the the. Um, I mean, we have Indian curry, right? Yeah. Japanese curry is very different, but uh, the cafe style curries, yeah, you can't find anywhere. Yeah. That's very unique to Japan. It's, ca- it's like. Uh, um, I guess, like, you know, we call it westernized Japanese food. Mm. That'd be, like, the equivalent, right? It would be, like, Japanese, Japanized. <laughs> yeah, there's a word for it. My, <laughs> yeah. my wife always knows the name. But there's, yeah, there's a word for westernized Japanese food. I don't like a lot of it. But, yeah, Donkatsu and Curry are some of the best. Yeah. Anyway, believe it or not, we are not a Japanese food podcast. No? we have some podcasts about Japanese food, which we should probably revisit. We talked about revisit, revisiting that one and doing a 2.0 version. Yeah. But this is our uh, summer potpourri, uh, just kind of what's been going on for the last couple of months for us. We've I call it the chamche. It's just chamche. Uh, Chom- mixed mixed vegetables. Champlu. Champlu. The mixed still. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Everything lot of things that aren't quite up. big enough for a podcast of their own. We're kind of just going to throw it together, right? Right. And I don't know. Should we work? from today backwards maybe i feel like keep it fresh i mean we can yeah either either way i was gonna um kind of segue into uh curry uh curry again because uh, we were kind of on the topic let's let's do it so i was gonna say uh we recently had some um some very good curry yes uh, yes. uh, near actually kind of where we are in Ikeda. yeah um and uh it was curry soup Yes. And it's been a place I've been wanting to take you to for a long time. Mm. And it's also a place that doesn't follow their Google hours <laughs> at all. Oh, <laughs> so man. you're very lucky if you could get by this place and get a, a good um, a good meal. But, um, yeah, so recently I found that I've, I've been going by this place a number of times. And my wife and I went in and we had some um, soup curry, mm. which is a Hokkaido special. But uh, we found it in Osaka, and we, we took you to it. And I was just curious, like, uh, you know, it's one of our top spots. Yep. You know, one of the places that, you know, if somebody leaves us a five-star review, I might send you the name of it, you know? Uh, our Patreon. <laughs> that's, I, we don't have a Patreon, <laughs> no, yeah. so all you have to do is leave us a five-star review, and that's enough for us. That's but, um, uh, it, but, yeah, and I have this long-running joke that if we mention a place that's, like, a top-secret place of ours... And you leave us a five-star review asking for that the name of that top secret place, I'll, I'll be sure to get it to you somehow. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is a Hokkaido-style soup curry place. You know, anywhere in Japan, you're going to find your regular curries. And there's a wide variety, like Matt said before. Uh, you have the gold, what I would call the golden curry style, which is the most Japanese. Um, it doesn't have to literally be golden curry, but a lot of places like that are uh, Hayashi rice. Yeah. Um, which is more of a, 
a dark demi glaze kind of sauce. Those are very, very Japanese. And then you have your Nepalese or Indian style curries. Uh, that's another, you know, extreme. I think uh, those are seemingly authentic with a lot of the, the workers and stuff being non-Japanese people. However, I think it's very much tailored to a Japanese palate and a bit sweet. Yeah. And then you get the in-between area, which is my favorite, uh, which is neither of those and kind of some kind of amalgamation. You often see kima curry on these menus. Um, and just they're very spiced. Let's say you see like there's a lot of dry spices on heavily top of these. spiced. Yeah, and not common in a lot of Japanese dishes where they want more milder flavors. That's these right. are not mild at all. These are like you're getting flannel, uh, flannel seeds and and dill and all sorts right. of stuff. And there's certain them. kind of correlation things with this style of curry. Uh, one's gonna be like reggae music, I would say. A lot of these shops are gonna play like reggae, like mm -hmm. roots reggae, kind of mm -hmm. deep, cool reggae. I uh, kind of camping culture you'll kind of get yes. in there too. This kind of new style glamping camping culture. Uh, I don't know how to describe hip -hop, it. Hip hop, like sometimes hip hop. Yeah, it's very. I love it. You know, there's something about Bohemian. it. Bohemian. Bohemian. There you go. It really resonates with me. Bucket hats you're gonna have in there. You know, yes. it's uh, kind of feels just like a, a good place to be prices are, are, are very reasonable and good and I, I love them again it's not your Indian curry you've had before it's not the golden curry you can make at home and um, but of that there's another whole separate genre which is Hokkaido soup curry and you know it's kind of interesting in Japan sometimes like with globalization and stuff like do you really need to go to a certain region to get the food now I mean can't you just ship that there and Japan's you know from an American perspective a small country size yeah. California so, like, why do I need to go to Hokkaido to get this thing? Like, can't we just have it here? I think this all the time. Like, Japan is obsessed with regional food still in 2022. Oh, yeah. It's a major... But... I think it's a tourist... I, I think they're... I, I mean, the cynic in me yeah. wants to say that it's uh, it's very much like a ploy to get people to travel, uh -huh. like, domestically. I would 100% agree. It feels like a tourism kind of trap a bit. And um, I feel like it is slowly changing. But anyway, I was in Hokkaido recently. We did a podcast about snowboarding and, um, you know, Hokkaido. So check that one out. The two Hokkaido episodes. And yeah. I ate a lot of soup curry because I'm a big... In the last two years of my life, curry is probably the number one food I'm always looking for. Yeah. And uh, I ate soup curry almost every day when we're in Sapporo. And I'll have to say, uh, this place in northern Osaka, uh, I think, is probably the best I've ever had, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's one place I can think it kind of contends with um, in Hokkaido I mentioned in that episode. But, um, yeah, it's a coconut broth is very key for me and a little bit hard to find. They had that there. I got the pork. You guys get the chicken leg. Yeah. And like for, a grilled chicken leg. For me, the pork was like, like top notch. Like if I could just get a side of that pork and just eat that without curry. Yeah. It's like melt in your mouth, PC falling apart. Oh, that sounds great. Like a really, really good ramen, uh, cha su or something. Yeah. Like that. And uh, the vegetables are so good. You know, the good thing about soup curry is it has tons of vegetables. A lot of times you're eating curry. I, I don't know why, but soup curry vegetables are some of the best <laughs> vegetables I've ever had. They yeah. always taste so much better. I agree. And even if you're not a big broccoli person, yeah. broccoli and soup about that one. curry so crunchy. is it's the texture. so it's the texture. good. Yeah. I think it's uh, more crunchy than the other ones because there's, mm. you know, the little leaves or whatever are very spread out. Yeah, they get grilled. Really right. So nicely. they're really crunchy and the, you know, curry's softer kind of feeling right so i think you get that crunch and um yeah it's especially good but i just think curry in general is usually a food you eat and someone's got to wheel you out of there you know it's very very heavy and having all the vegetables and any kind of hokkaido style soup curry is just a really good balance and um 
I'll said it before on the podcast, like eating in Japan, when you eat out, it's actually kind of hard to get vegetables. Yeah, really hard, actually. So you, it's surprisingly hard. People because, wouldn't guess that. but Yeah, I think when I first started learning about Japanese cuisine, the first thing I thought about was tempura. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all, like fried vegetables, right? right. But even, like, I mean, you go, uh, almost any restaurant, it's just like a lot of meat, mm. or maybe a little bit of rice, and probably zero vegetables. The only vegetable you probably get is wakame or or, or something in Ca- your... Cabbage. Yeah, like cabbage maybe a little shredded cabbage with like a lot of fried foods sometimes daikon on the side right but anyway not a good mix this is a very colorful plate and um yeah so if you don't know if you know about curry and you think oh yeah yeah, come on guys i know there's a good chance unless you live here you might know about hokkaido style soup curry check that out uh very very awesome kind of a deep cut japanese cuisine i would say yeah and uh i I absolutely love it i'll tell you what there's two types David's right. Check out the coconut for mm. soup curry. And then also, if they have a peanut butter soup curry or peanut soup curry. Where have we seen peanut butter? It is very Where good. Where have we seen that? I've never so heard So if that. you go over to um, the marina, uh, Osaka Marina over in uh, where the aquarium is, mm-hmm. there is uh, this big shop. It's like one of those weird, like, in Japan, they have these port cities that have, like, it's big for fishing. And, mm. and they... Sometimes it's like a, a community center or something. They have like performances. They have like a lot of stages around, mm. but they all seem kind of dead. And they often have like a, um, an art gallery, like an art t- will tour these these places. Mm. And so recently, Banksy had like an exhibition, and I went to the Banksy exhibition. And when I came out, there's a soup curry place mm. in the in that place. It's like in their little food food hall or whatever, nice. and they had a peanut butter, and it was delicious. That's incredible. Yeah. I have the hiccups. Excuse yeah. me. Sometimes, like, goma or sesame tastes kind of like peanut butter, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's goma. Was it called peanut butter on the menu? I feel like there was peanut. Well, I think it was... I mean, have peanuts, I think it was peanut, but um, I think the reason why I think it was peanut butter mm-hmm. is because it, it, ta- it, it tasted and it had little chunks of peanut. Okay. So I think they just mixed in some, like... Peanut butter, yeah. 20 minutes in, talking about food still. <laughs> yeah, still. I hope you like food. That's all right. Everybody likes food. Curry, but. and curry is so special in Japan. And it is uh, it is a unique to, thing. We need to do a whole curry episode. Oh, we do. If we, we haven't done it? We've talked about curry a lot, but we're dedicated. Oh, okay. But our shout out to Mike, Chicago Mike. He's yes. eating five curries in a day. Oh, man. And I, Chicago uh, Mike. I kind of feel we had to have him on if he did a curry episode, you know. Or oh, I'd love to have him on. with him and do a curry challenge in person if he finally makes it out here. But, yeah, so we haven't only been eating curry over the last couple of months. Uh, we are today at a park, like Matt said. But uh, we just got back from a place called Minnow, which is in northern, northern Osaka, very northern, bordering on getting close to Kyoto. And uh, it's been on the radar for a long time. There's no way you can live in Kansai for many years and not hear a minnow. The main thing you'll know Especially about Especially if you're a beer drinker. Is from, yeah, beer. Yeah. Uh, I would say you're, if you're going to get a non-big company craft beer in the Kansai area, the first easiest one you're going to find, the most prevalent, is minnow beer. Minnow beer, yeah. Their labels are very noticeable because they're pretty boring and that they're very minimal. They No images. It just, like, says IPA or... They have the majority, like 90% of their bottles are the most generic looking 
bottles I've ever seen. If you're a Lost fan, which I know we're getting further and further away from people who watch Lost, but there's like this Dharma thing where they're down in the hatch and like all the food just is like Dharma food and it's just so generic. It just says what it is on (laughs) big bold letters. That's what Minnow beer labels look like. It just says IPA on it in big bold letters. And yeah, they got some little colors on the outside or something, but yeah, they're very lazy kind of labels. But who knows? Maybe some people like simplicity and minimalism, but. There is one place, uh, here's a Osaka shout out. There's a place called, um, uh, uh, it's our barbecue place, Chop Hits. Chop Hits. Chop yeah. Hits. Uh, oh, yeah. It's an American barbecue place. Mm-hmm. And they have a minnow bottle that is like the coolest, the coolest design yeah. bottle. You gotta get the story on how they're the only ones. I, and they're the, it's the only place that, that sells not, it. That's not popping off. I mean, that shop's, I'm, every time I go there, I'm scared they're gonna close. Yes. I love it, but. I, it just doesn't seem like they're going to be the ones, you know, some hot place to get this cool label. I, I, I don't know how they got it, but I don't awesome, know. Man. Yeah. But anyways, if you come to Osaka or you're living Kansai, go this to Chop It. This is one place. Of, yeah. We want more people at Chop More it, people so need to open. go to Chop It. So yeah. how many people are going to come to Japan to eat American barbecue? I don't know about that. No, but, but the people living here, yeah, the people living you know here. who you are and you know what you're doing. So you <laughs> you need to go here, to Chop miss, It. We miss it. But... Yeah. Anyhow, Minnows, yeah, known for the craft beer from uh, people like me. But Matt took me up there today. Another craft beer place open, which is also Osaka Craft Beer Company. Uh, Nishinari, Nishinari Heroes. Yeah, Nishinari Heroes. Uh, we got a podcast on Nishinari Ghost in that one. It's an old one. Yep. Maybe skating in Japan. We talked a little bit about Nishinari too in that episode. Yeah. But uh, Derailer Beer Works, very interesting company. Uh, I got interested in from from the get-go, besides being a Nishinari, which is an interesting choice to open a brewery. Uh, the early stories out of that place was that they were hiring a lot of uh, people um, who were either out of prison or who had some kind of disability uh, to work in their breweries. So they would prioritize people who were a little bit uh, harder up on, on their life, you know? Yeah. Help them out and give them a job inside, like, their factories. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, incredible. I've yeah, super cool. I've heard too much about that happened in japan the social component that was cool nice. that yeah. was the first thing i knew about them the second thing i knew about them were their labels or like some of the opposite of minnow coolest, uh, coolest coolest labels, labels. very steampunk S- I would suspect say. beer at times uh, <laughs> yeah those are today was the first day i saw the suspect anime moe porn oh well style. they have some very yeah provocative have you, have you seen that before today um, well, I had that, that. There's one where Slimer from the Ghostbusters is yeah, on the yeah. lap of a woman, and the woman is is sitting there like kind of cuddling him, mm. and then it says, uh, "This woman is woman, no dick," or something like that. It's yeah. some some really poorly translated like thing that he's saying. Which is weird because I was pretty sure one of the main people behind the company was a non-Japanese, like a Western-looking person, but maybe. I, but he's maybe probably not involved that. with the the maybe, art, maybe, you know? Yeah. 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 But uh, derailleur, you know, so there's a lot of shout-outs to bikes and their motifs. With the, in case you don't know, derailleur is like the thing that changes your gear on a bike. And, uh, yeah, the labels are just incredible. I'd say overall, yeah, kind of steampunk, very Japanese aesthetic. Yeah. And that, I mean, they have T-shirts and stickers and stuff that are cool. They pay homage to things like Akira and, yeah. like, other uh, tech on concrete, which oh, is, right, uh, right. yeah, we were talking about that. I would say... I like them, I think, a little more than Matt in terms of the flavor. But they are, are they don't make my top, like, five Japanese craft beers in terms of taste. Yeah. But the bars are always really cool on the inside. The workers there are always very nice. Very nice. Cool. I would say the beer, honestly, is average. Yeah. I, I will say that I've had some really good beers from them. Yeah. 
And then I've had some real stinkers. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the issue is that all of their beers are pretty expensive. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, I mean, like, the beer I had today at the shop was, was good, but I wouldn't say it was anything to write home about, you mm-hmm. know? Like, so you have to get, you have to do your research. The, the nice they thing about them, things. yes, they try the opposite of boring. very the unique opposite of boring. flavors, right? So the one you hated today was what? Uh, the one I hated today was, uh, it was a Saison with uh, Szechuan, Szechuan, okay, I mean, yeah, now that I say it out loud, it sounds pretty bad. Szechuan peppercorns. And uh, I believe star anise. Yeah, that sounds yeah, interesting. I, mean, I want to try it. It sounds interesting, yeah. but the oh man, it was the most bitter beer I've ever had. And I, I like listen, I like beers. Yeah. I like I could drink an IPA. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs because they are a bit bitter for me. But man, oh man, this one had a bitterness to it that about halfway through it, I was just like, I can't drink much more of this. Yeah, I've never seen you not be able to finish a beer on, on your first beer. You know? Yeah. I had a tangerine, vanilla, like milkshake one, and it, it was okay. I, I like that style of beer a lot, yeah. usually. You know, it, it was just okay. That one was better. I, I had that one before. Yeah. And so I'd say their hazies are really safe. Anyway, Derailleur, cool company. Look them up if you like beer or you like cool art. We yeah. saw they had a, a book that, like, uh, their, it almost felt like a manga, like it was telling a story, you know? Yeah. Um, really cool book about their art, whoever's doing the art. You know, big shout out to them because I think I just. I would just read their art and look at their art, you know. Yeah, mentioning a whole bunch of cool, like we saw the names of a bunch of cool. Um, Shibuya K. and uh, Japanese hip hop, like history stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Rhyme, Rhyme Master. Yeah, Easton, might, we might get, oh, I can't promise we won't get some Dione in here, but yeah, this might, might be the Dione episode. But have we ever done Dione? I don't think we have. Got, yeah, we got I don't some think sounds. we've done Dione. We got some sounds. Yeah, I don't think we've done the Dawson 3 either. And I was listening to Dawson 3 the other day, and I was like, oh, we got to play some Dawson 3. That's, that's what we got to. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, Minnow, yeah, I mean, those are just the beer places in Minnow. There's a, you know, I, I was really blown away, to be honest. I've been to a lot of these kind of towns where it's, um, there's a waterfall, there's a hike. Oftentimes there'd be onsen. I, I'm kind of surprised, actually, that Minnow didn't seem to have an onsen. I maybe. think it does in the hotel. Okay, maybe there is yeah. one, but Monson definitely wasn't a big p- proponent. But these towns usually, this kind of feel, would have a lot of onsen. But I was blown away, I think, by two things. One was like just the like foliage. foliage the uh, the trees were just so big. Yeah, a massive variety trees. Variety of different kinds of like flora and fauna. Um, got a lot of like cedar trees and just so many different kinds of plants that were really cool. The water quality is great, but I've come to expect that in Japan. Um, yeah, the rivers. The rivers are yeah, so, so clean. clean and this, the coolest green-blue color. You know, it's not the, the greatest. you got to really kind of get off the grid to see the best ones. But this is just like, you can be in an Ameda and get the minnow in, what, 40 minutes? Yeah, I think 40, so, um, 35 to 40 like minutes. Crazy, yeah, crazy concrete jungle. In 40 minutes on train, you can get up there. You can bike up there. A lot of famous bike trips up there. So, yeah, really just feeling like, man, this is, you know, Studio Ghibli kind of feelings, Totoro oh, feelings totally, in there. Oh, totally, totally. The water's everywhere. You can go sit in the water. There's tons of people just hanging out down in the river, you know, having drinks and food. I didn't quite see how to get down there. I think you got to, like, jump some rails or something, you know? Didn't look uh, like there was, like was official, some, yeah, there, like there's some steps. There. Yeah, there's some steps okay. that'll take you down to the river. Um, um, my wife and I had gone down there and... We're eating uh, snacks and stuff mm. by, down by the river once, and there's just like benches and stuff. Yeah. 
which I think is something you want to mention, right? Yeah, I mean, we went on a Sunday. And granted, it's corona times, but it's also, like, Sunday. Japanese schools are out. Everywhere I've been in the last two weeks is packed to capacity again. And this place, I just couldn't believe the amount of, like, nice seats, like, on the water. Prime time real estate. Just fully open today on a Sunday. We're there, like, yeah, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, you know? Yeah. Um, normally, you just see people fighting you know waiting in lines almost packed to, to with get people a bench. yeah and yeah this this place not that many people there so again the water quality was great the amount of trees there just felt like there's a lot of trails you could go off of it wasn't just mm-hmm. like one path then the last thing i would say was like the amount of like restaurants and stuff up there you had your kind of typical street food tourist trap looking places you know selling your average fare yeah it's just stuff off the grill like yeah but i would say yakisoba and like 10 to 15 Stuff places like it looked like pretty unique like oh i don't normally see this or this isn't a style of food i've seen that often one example would be almost kind of like poke um it was a lot of like raw fish on rice with like kind of fruits and vegetables and i i can't tell you anywhere else where i'd know where to go get that yeah i could get raw fish on rice but not with kind of fruit and vegetables and stuff mixed in we should have went there yeah <laughs> yeah no all, i, I feel like yeah we should have gone you know it wasn't like too high too price. expensive yeah it's like a nice area they're all in like these traditional houses and the houses are really kept nicely so there's other places i know that are kind of like this and everything's kind of like old and falling apart and literally very rusty kyoto has like some similar vibes yeah i would say it's very similar to kyoto and kyoto is very kept nicely and well but the thing about kyoto is everything's really expensive and crowded yeah packed so this felt like it was just pristine and nice and kind of like a modern but ancient feeling very well kept you know uh but without the tourists without the high prices and in some ways i would say the actual the water and the the trees and stuff were better than anything i've seen in kyoto the buildings no bamboo yeah yeah (laughs) i love the bamboo forests but honestly you can get bamboo i don't know about osaka but in kyoto or skobe where i live i'll see bamboo it's kind of it's here and there. Yeah, it's yeah. here and there. Yeah. <laughs> so that bamboo forest for me in Kyoto is not that special. No, but the other, well, the bamboo forest used to be a lot better than it was when they used to let you go off on that side path. Mm. Go listen to our Kyoto episode back in the day. Yeah. But, um, but no, I think, I think you're right. I think the Minnow has like a very unique vibe. Mm. Uh, you could tell, like we were talking about this off mic, but... Um, the, you could tell that the city puts money and in, invests money into like up upkeeping the path and upkeeping like the walk to the waterfall. There's all these big buildings that um, on your way up, they're like these old like I guess they're kisatens now and and places you could stay, and they've kind of all been renovated, and it, it's all very nicely kept fr- mm. from the city. When you think of hikes, you don't often think of like, oh, the upkeep of the hike, right? Yeah. But this place, they definitely spend some money to make sure that it's looking nice. It's the the toilets are nice and all that stuff is good. Yeah, there's a big waterfall at the end. I think that's Minnow Falls is like, yeah, I mean that's, that's like the, the appeal. But yeah. honestly, for me, maybe it was like, I think the way we took it, it took us an hour to get there. Yeah. But I think if you really march there, you could get there in like 30, 40 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. For me, obviously, that's, you know, the big show stopper. But there's lots of little small things on the way that impressed me more than the water. The waterfall is cool and awesome. If you've ever seen a big waterfall before, it's definitely really cool. But, yeah, I just like, 
I don't know, there's some just walks, but the trees were so big. It was a super sunny day, but the sun wasn't even coming through, you know? It was just uh, there's a lot dark, of, dark like, tree there. cover, yeah, yeah. Shade, lots of shade. A lot of, I love moss. I'm such a sucker for moss for some reason. Moss is all over cool everything. moss, and we had really interesting, uh, like, insects. I think, Matt, I don't know if you're joking or not. No, I've seen them before. at first. Oh, yeah, no, the, the sound of the insects, yeah. So it sounded like screaming. It sounded almost like ghosts or something. My joke was it was like Phil Spector, wall of sound, if you, if you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, stuff, yeah. A deep cut there. But it was like going like totally, basically one insect would like call out and then a bunch of other ones in the forest would do the call back. Yeah. So it was like stereo surround sound, like 360. It, it was so cool. It almost sounded like cicadas. We were never able to find out like what it was. If it was but, cicadas, uh, it's a no, special type. But like the way that cicadas work. Like we hear right now in summer, you probably hear cicadas in the background right here. Yeah. But um, so we're, we're used to hearing the cicadas. But uh, yeah, this was something totally different. And mm. Uh, yeah, hopefully we have some recordings of that that yeah, you could hear. Some recordings. You know, we'll yeah. see how it turns out. Just yeah. on iPhone. We'll but, see. Uh, yeah, so really, really cool spot. I'm already, like, I got two weeks of vacation still until I go back to work. And I'm like, all right, how can I get back out here in the next two, <laughs> week, two weeks, you know? Um, so I really want to kind of get off the beaten path a bit there and eat at some of the restaurants and stuff. So Yeah, yeah, the restaurants seem really cool. It's one of those places for me that I've known about forever. And I'm kind of kicking myself like, took me nine years to get there like it's one of the like you know top 10 places I've i think it's small so like people that are expecting like a whole day hike and yeah. stuff you're not that's not what you're for, getting for me i could spend eight hours there but the average person i'd say you're gonna get two or three hours out right i think we spend about two or two hours out there if you're just gonna do the main stuff two three, i want to go off on all, all the side paths and down on the river and yeah get, it's, get wet and yeah. It's worth checking out. And yeah. then, yeah, there are these insects there that you, you will see, hopefully, which are these, like, jewel. Um, they're like chrome beetles. Mm. Rain, saw, rainbow. Yeah, yeah. They, they have, like, a that, I, I guess, what, what, what do you call it? Iridescence to them? Yeah, iridescence. You know, where, perfect, yeah. like, the, the sun hits them and it, you get that yeah, spectrum every, every of color, color and stuff. RGB, yeah. baby. Totally. RGB like, is out on display. My favorite insects of like all time i'm a little bit i'm a little bit of a sucker for that hologrammy kind of looking stuff so yeah me too. um yeah if you if you're into that you definitely need to check it out yeah so minnow man that's fresh fresh for us we we're just there minnow two, falls three hours ago. yeah super super cool uh just go up on is a honky line yeah it's the honky, honky line, line and then the, the minnow station is easy yeah and just uh walk north maybe. super easy you know, transfer yeah um, you know, and also, you know, we were able to eat at the transfer, which is great because, uh, I don't know if you know this, but in some stations, train stations, they have food yeah. and drink. So for us in Kansai, this only really, I can only think of it really mostly in the Hankyu line. Yeah, Hankyu like is famous for it. The public line doesn't really have the JR, JR. I think there are a few on the JR line that really? do, yes. I've seen very, very few. Maybe I think the one in Osaka, big. Joe. Okay. Has like a, um. It has some weird vending machines, and that's like connected to like a, a udon place. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, private lines out here where we are, Osaka, Kyoto, Kobe, pretty big for it. I joked with Matt recently and said like, yeah, my bucket list in Japan is getting pretty thin. Luckily, I've I've done everything I wanted to do, but some things that are remaining. You know, one of them was eat on the tracks, and the big questions like, if you want to eat at these restaurants, let's just say it's a really awesome restaurant, right? Do you have to pay and buy a train ticket to get in and go there's yeah. gates you have to go through 
Or could you just tell a station master, oh, I'm just going to go eat at the Soba or Rudon place? You know? I, I think you have to yeah, pay. To Emily was asking this question. Yeah, no, I think you have to clock in. Yeah, so, I but. I mean, the udon places are kind of like chains, yeah. so I, I don't think it's like you're you gonna get. The ones just trying to go there. I, I have a feeling like the one that we went to had a beard papa, which if you don't know beard papa, is oh, a, a delicious treat called a shoe cream. <laughs> and if you know what you a shoe cream shoe, is, yeah, you're probably French. You get, you you're get to, really cool. You get to have a good time <laughs> trying to Google trans, Google figure that one out. Yeah, shoe, shoe cream. C H I O U X, something like that. Uh, you're probably I, I, close. I got that yeah. wrong, but eighty percent correct. Yeah. But uh, it's basically like a, a puffed pastry with um, cream custard in it. And, uh, yeah, very this heavy. place, yeah, they're very heavy, heavy and, yeah. and delicious. Yeah. And, and Beard Papa is like a Japanese chain that is always been chain one of my favorites. If anyone lives in Los Angeles area, go to Sautel, you have one. You know, Little Tokyo, you got one. Or you used to have this one, This is one of the most, uh, Matt and I's love for Japan, going back to Korea. We live in Korea, you know, these Jones in for Japanese culture. And Korea had beer pop but uh, the taste was totally off. No, but, it was not the same. You know, I didn't live in an Asian-centric area in the States, so for me, a lot of times Korea was like my first entry to getting Japanese things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Matt was saying, oh, you don't know, beer Papa. The name, you know, the name is incredible. The logo is incredible. Yeah. It's an old man. You know? It looks like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so funny. You know, or the Gordon Fisherman. Legit, yeah. the, the actual product that it delivers is, you know, back home, I'll be honest with you, custard, I thought, oh, custard's pretty good. But I don't really like frosting. I'm not crazy about super sugary things, you know? Yeah. Um, I found sugar in the States, is, or sorry, custard in the States is quite sugary. But custard in Japan is on a different level. Even oh, that's Beard a, Papa, the where best. you pay $1.80 to $2, depending on what you get. Uh, the quality of the custard is just like so good. I don't know how to describe it. Vanilla. I, you look at it. You, sweet, you take rich. a bite and yeah. you look at the custard and you see that little like little dots. It looks little like pepper bean, in there. No, that's yeah. the little bits of vanilla bean in there. Yeah. Oh man, it's it good. Yeah, best. Beard Papa is. This is one of the things. That one of the things you can't beat. Yeah, I've been to Europe. I've been to France. I've been to Italy. Like the custard in Japan is like bar none the best. Oh man, at, the at a pudding, low, cheap, cheap level. You know? Oh, you Not you could just get convenience store pudding custard. sometimes, and there'll be times where I eat like a custard pudding, and I'm just like, why don't I do this more often? This is yeah. so yeah. good. That's right. You and I met up about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and we made a. Is this true? <laughs> Facts. I got a tiramisu, right? Tiramisu. Yeah, yeah, from the convenience I just store. You. I was like Family Mart. I was like, this is like, I've been to some nice Italian restaurants. This is like top tiramisu in my life. Like, it's probably non-traditional, but it was so good, so good. Sometimes the chains just got it made, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we, can't, we love food, man. Keep getting distracted. Well, we got Beard Papa, Beard Papa you know, so. we got like the, the uh, there was a Tolly's Cafe, which is like, you know, a that's cafe not, change. Yeah, but still, it's nice to have it. Where you know, where do you go on like the station and find like yeah, these we things? You know, some people are gonna find this stuff and gonna want to get a coffee. That's right. Hello, Japan 2.0 listeners. This is Matt chiming in, letting you know that we're gonna break this episode into two parts. And uh, yeah, the next episode will come out uh, very soon. So look forward to that. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's supported us over the years, and I hope that you rate and review us on whatever podcast listener you choose to use. Uh, We really appreciate it. 
Today's song of the show is a song called It's All Right, featuring Kiki Vivi Lily by the band called the Yellow Digos. I hope you like it, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Jazz document. ちょっと行ったり車でツアー回ったりたまには家族で待ったりエビデンスサムホングフィーリン生きてりゃいいことあるって聞き飽きたけど本当だねこんな俺にも刺した光そんぐマイライフエンパーティー弱い時にこそ